This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking about 2011 information security projects with Ron Claver, CIO at Montgomery County Memorial Hospital, a 25-bed critical access facility in Red Oak, Iowa. Thanks so much for joining us today, Ron. Absolutely, Howard. I appreciate being here. For starters, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your hospital and your recently completed data center project? Well, as you noted, Montgomery County Memorial Hospital is a 25-bed critical access hospital, and we're located in rural southwest Iowa, about an hour's drive from the Omaha metro area. Our uh, net patient revenue is about $28 million, and we have about 300 employees here, and we have 11 local primary care uh, physicians and about 30-plus visiting specialty and consultant physicians com- coming out of the Omaha metro. We do about 46,000 outpatient uh, occasions of service a year and about 6,000 ED visits. And so our hospital just recently completed a, a significant addition to our medical campus. We took our 100,000-square-foot campus and we added 50,000 square feet and just finished it, or are in the process of finishing it uh, as we speak. We moved into the new addition uh, in late summer, early fall, and now we're uh, engaged in the remodeling effort for the, uh, the balance of the, of the work. One of the significant uh, additions to the facility was a, a new data center, and with the growth of IT over the last 21 years, we had uh, accumulated four separate rooms that were acting as wiring closets and server rooms. They were crowded, overheated, and and terribly inadequate. So uh, as part of the uh, renovation and addition design concept, we we added a uh, data center, which uh, we're very, very pleased with. And now we've got uh, plenty of room to grow and uh, lots of adequate space for, you know, the servers we have and the gear we have. Plus, it's a, a much improved security situation. So we've now uh, moved into that, and uh, we're, we're just thrilled with it. So uh, that's helping us out a lot on the security side, uh, both uh, physical security, uh, access security, and uh, our ability to, to log and track who enters the space and, and who does what. So we now have much improved monitoring for you know, the physical space in terms of temp, humidity, power draw, errors, and uh, uh, flaws, and so forth. Well, you work at a relatively small hospital, so how big is your IT staff now? Uh, will it grow next year, and who handles security issues for you? Well, our IT staff, I, uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to say, uh, is at an appropriate size for our facility. And uh, relative to other critical access hospitals, I think we're probably on the large size. But, you know, for, for us here and the kinds of things that we have in play, I, I think it's just the right size. And uh We've got 11 people now on staff uh, in the IT department, and it consists of uh, me, the CIO, along with my administrative assistant. And admittedly, I do have some uh, COO responsibilities throughout the organization, and so that does pull some of my time. But I also have three technical IT people on staff, including a network administrator. And then, uh, fortunately, uh, we have four uh, clinical IT uh, staff uh, on board, including uh, three RNs and one uh, med tech. Uh, all of these are, are long-term clinicians at our facility, and so they have uh, very good uh, street credibility within the organization, and uh, they've all made the uh, the jump to uh, IT. 
which is helping us tremendously as we move into some of these clinical uh, automation areas. And then I have one help desk uh, individual dedicated now to a service desk. So the staff is uh, at its current level. We've added one in the past 12 months, and that was the help desk individual. And our current annual IT budget, operating expense budget, is $1.3 million. And that's uh, approaching about 4.5% of our total operating expenses. So I don't anticipate growth in any more staff this coming year. In 2012-2013, I can anticipate uh, possibly an additional FTE. But we're going to try to move also in, in more of a distributed mode uh, to some of the departments that really need to take ownership of their, their own automated tools. And, and uh, not that we don't have some of that now, but I, I think rather than add more IT staff, I would like to work on uh, getting certifications and uh, additional knowledge and training into some of the departments and, as it were, embed those folks so their sense of ownership is with the department rather than with IT. So do you take the lead role on information security issues, or do you divide that up among your staff? The security responsibilities are primarily handled uh, between my network administrator and an outsourced contractor. Uh, we do uh, have two primary contractors that we use for outsourcing, and uh, one of them is dedicated uh, an individual to security. So the primary responsibility for the day-in, day-out operations fall to those two uh, individuals. The outsource contractor is here uh, one day per week, and they handle a variety of uh, issues, including security. And then as CIO, I'm responsible to uh, view all policies, procedures, practices, and also uh, perform the risk uh, assessment and uh, auditing that's necessary under the new high-tech security rules. So we have a number of uh, security practices that are in place, and others are being added as we ramp up the response to uh, changes in HIPAA and, and the additions of the, the HITECH Act. So we try to distribute it, and also we're making a, a real concerted effort to get some of these security practices more uh, embedded in, in all of the IT staff so that they're they're all uh, responsible for, for various areas and we're trying to drive that down deeper into the, the IT staff rather than have it be uh, simply at a high level. But primary responsibility lies with my network administrator. Do you have a feel for what percentage of your IT budget will be devoted to security issues in 2011, and is that up from this year? I looked at the uh, capital budgeting for this uh, coming year, and I'm going to judge that uh, security is going to take a, a much larger bite than last year, and depending on how I characterize it, I'm going to suggest that uh, approaching 20% of this year's IT capital budget will be dedicated to security-related matters for the coming year, uh, and that's going to be up from probably around 5 to 7% for last year. The priorities for that uh, this coming year are going to really fall under a couple of broad categories. Uh, network infrastructure upgrades uh, are going to take a significant uh, uh, part of that capital budget. Our uh, network infrastructure has had to grow and respond to the facility additions that we did, but it also is, a, is a more of a legacy uh, network. It does not have some of the, the modern features like a PLE and port-level security that 
that we need. So we'll be making a concerted effort to install uh, new network backbone components that will get our, our network security up to uh, where I want it to be. Uh, another significant chunk of that will go to high-tech and HIPAA compliance issues. And, you know, those could be uh, categorized rather broadly in, in today's world. I mean, there certainly are some best practices in IT that we, we want to follow, but they also uh, fit nicely in the high-tech compliance uh, requirements, things like uh, file encryption, backup technologies, also a continuation of our uh, disaster recovery and business continuity uh, preparedness. We did make uh, a lot of strides uh, last year with some uh, significant investment in business continuity and disaster recovery. And those uh, covered our, our primary uh, mission-critical systems, but now we need to go beyond that and, and uh, cover systems at uh, you know, the next tiers uh, out from that most mission-critical uh, applications. So those are, those are our priorities for the coming year. Tell us a little bit more about how you'll be expanding your use of encryption. Well, the uh, encryption uh, technology, uh, specifically with uh, the backup technologies, you know, currently we're using very traditional backup uh, methodologies and uh, backup to tape. And those tapes go off-site, and uh, they're not encrypted. Anyone with the uh, appropriate software could read those tapes. So uh, that is a compliance issue, and we need to address it. And uh, so we'll be moving into backup technologies that allow us to take our data off-site but have it be encrypted and protected appropriately. Also, we're taking uh, other steps internally uh, via group policies, uh, using, for example, uh, Microsoft's Active Directory group policy concept to uh, limit use of thumb drives and CD writers and so forth. We, we basically uh, disable those via group policy. So there's no question that uh, someone can, can walk up to a computer, stick in a thumb drive, and remove data. It's just not going to be possible. So by eliminating those means and methods of removing data, we also can maintain compliance then. So any data that would, would leave our facility would be via some sort of uh, encrypted backup methodology. Otherwise, it doesn't leave. And do you have plans to encrypt data on desktops and laptops, or do you pr primarily use thin clients that don't store data? Great question. We primarily use thin clients. We, uh, we have a policy in place that data is not stored on local desktops. It just doesn't matter. And, and, again, we do this by group policy, by limiting access to the My Computer capabilities and uh, forcing all saved files to go to network drives. And, uh, therefore, uh, either via thin client applications, remote desktop, uh, or, or other uh, thin applications, we do not allow locally saved data. So I have no trouble with a, a laptop walking out the door uh, because I have complete knowledge that there, there is no ability uh, to retrieve data because the data doesn't exist on the device. And that's applicable to not only uh, laptops, notebooks, and other mobile devices, but uh, also desktops that are in the environment. There is no locally stored data. And we've had that practice for uh, quite a number of years. So will you be applying for Medicare or Medicaid incentives under the HITECH Act for using electronic health records? And if so, how will that affect your security plans, if at all? Well, we do intend to apply. 
as a critical access hospital, we are able to use the local uh, regional extension center, or REC, uh, that was uh, created under the legislation. In Iowa, this uh, group that won the award to become the uh, regional extension center is the Iowa Foundation for Medical Care, IFMC, and they've been around for a long time as a, as a quality group, uh, primarily in the physician clinic community. But uh, IFMC has uh, won the grant uh, to become the regional extension center, and uh, they are providing consulting services to critical access hospitals at a uh, uh, deeply discounted rate uh, with grant funds from the stimulus bill. So we'll be using the uh, IFMC group to help us do some gap analysis and get ourselves prepared for the application uh, for stimulus money. You know, inherent in that gap analysis, I believe, based on you know some of what I've already done as a way of analysis and study is, is that we've got some security issues we've got to address. So uh, as we wrap up our gap analysis, any other uh, security-related issues that are going to uh, fall into the gap, we'll, we'll address those also so that we can attest to uh, compliance with uh, Stage 1. Okay, finally, what do you see as the most important trends in healthcare information privacy and security overall next year and beyond, and how do you expect those trends to affect your job as CIO at a relatively small rural hospital? The trends for this, this next year really revolve around uh, high-tech and the changes to HIPAA. What the, the high-tech legislation and the stimulus bill do is, is they really drive uh, compliance with security as a, a means to you know, get to the stimulus money. Certainly there are, there are many components to stage one compliance and you know, the adoption of uh, certified EMR technology is one, but uh, if you dig, dig under the covers a bit, security is a, a big component of compliance. And even though the stage one compliance uh, requirements are maybe not as, uh, as deep and broad as they, they will be in subsequent years, uh, I think one needs to look forward to the stage two, three, and four requirements uh, under high tech. And I know they're not they're not all written yet, but I think we know enough about where they're where they're headed that we can uh, address them. So our goal is to take a look at not only stage one security requirements, but go longer into stage two, three, and uh, make sure that whatever foundation we're laying today is adequate to support those requirements that come down the line. And if we can, you know, go ahead and, and meet those longer term tests, then then we'll go ahead and do that. So I see that as the, the biggest, most important trend in privacy and security for 2011 and beyond. The, the big issue for, for me, CIO in a small rural hospital, is, as always, uh, resources, uh, making sure that I'm adequately prioritizing the resources for compliance. Even as I say, I need to you know, look down the line at stage two, three, and beyond for security. I also have to comply with stage one security in all other areas. So it's about competition for resources. So that's going to be one of my big challenges is making sure that I, I get the priorities lined up adequately and accurately so that I can both 
uh, build a good foundation for the future, but also you know address uh, stage one uh, meaningful use and and qualify. So I, I think my challenge is really getting the priorities right. Thanks very much, Ron. We've been speaking today with Ron Claver of Montgomery County Memorial Hospital. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.HealthCareInfoSecurity.com.